This is Spotlight, WMFE's arts, culture, and entertainment segment. The Spotlight is on now. I'm Talia Blake, filling in for Nicole Darden-Creston. The Art and History Museums of Maitland has a new permanent exhibition called Maitland's Attic, which tells the story of the city's past through five pivotal time periods. I toured the exhibition with the museum's executive director, Danielle Thomas. During Black History Month, you were showcasing some of the Black leaders right here in Maitland and sharing their story. So can you show me a little bit? Absolutely, yeah. Maitland has an incredibly rich history, and I think the best place to start is actually going back to Florida's uh, native history and talking about the uh, Florida maroon population. We have a wonderful exhibition that actually was co-curated with Dr. Neil Vaz with Seminole State University. He's an expert in Florida's maroon community. And the maroons were originally, they were African slaves to escape their captors and they came down south into Florida. And the term comes from the Spanish word cimarrones, which referred to indigenous groups that resisted colonial control and at a later point was shortened to the term maroon. So what is their connection to Maitland? The maroon population came down and they fought alongside the the Florida Seminoles during the Seminole Wars. They maintained their own culture. They adopted some Seminole traditions. The Seminole Wars, the Seminole people don't consider it three separate wars. They consider it one long war that was an assault on their culture. And it was as much about taking native land as well as reclaiming the slaves who had been escaped. So both the maroon population and the Seminoles were being attacked by the people that were coming out from the deep south and coming down here. Yeah, so in this next section, we talk about the establishment of Maitland post-Civil War. So in the United States, this was the period of reconstruction, but here in Central Florida, this was really the period of construction. And this is where contemporary black history really forms here in Central Florida. You had people coming down from the north, from the southern states. Um, You had Union, you had Confederate, you had white people, you had black people. They all came down here, and they pretty much built these towns from the ground up. There was nothing here at that time. It was a a dense, difficult terrain. You're talking about saw palmettos, a kind of a brutal environment that they had to build their communities in. And here in Maitland, it started around Lake Maitland. And also what today is known as Lake Lily is where you really see the establishment of Maitland's black community, which eventually became Eatonville. So this exhibit that we're at right now really showcases Joseph Clark and Eatonville. And before we started recording, you told me that this was a story that you all took with a lot of care. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely, yeah. So Joseph Clark was an incredible man. He's uh, one of the founding fathers of Maitland. He signed uh, Maitland's um, Papers of Incorporation. He's um, one of Eatonville's founding fathers. And in the past, the way the story was told was really through the eyes of Maitland's white residents. It was told through Josiah Eaton and Lewis Lawrence, who were key players in the establishment of Eatonville, but they were key players in the sense that Uh, they sold the land to Joseph Clark. This was Joseph Clark's vision. Him and some of the other black residents around Lake Lily came together and they wanted to establish a self-governed black township where they would have the freedom to to live as they wanted and with complete self-determination. So it really is Joseph Clark's story, not Josiah Eaton's story. Josiah Eaton and Lewis Lawrence are the supporting players in this. And Joseph Clark was a Maitland resident. He is a Maitland founding father. So he's Eatonville's Joseph Clark, but he's also Maitland's Joseph Clark. It's a shared history and it's really important to celebrate that. 
Can you tell me about some of the pieces that are chosen here and how that kind of tells Joseph Clark's story? There's not a lot of images remaining of Joseph Clark. The items that we've chosen to include in this, which is our Victorian parlor, these are a lot of the items that were collected in the 1970s when the Historical Society, when it was first established. So it's it's kind of things that you would have found at that point laying around in your grandmother's attic. You know, you have orange crates. Citrus was a big industry in the area. And one of my favorite stories about Joseph Clark actually involves the citrus industry. The great freeze of 1894-1895 was absolutely devastating to Florida. Citrus, it was the industry that was supporting a lot of the towns at this time, and the freeze devastated it. It brought the citrus industry kind of shaking down to its knees. A lot of the citrus uh, growers left the area. All of the wealth that Maitland was enjoying at that time, a lot of it left after the freeze. Joseph Clark didn't leave. He started growing pineapples. So it just shows, again, he was an incredibly smart businessman. And intuitive, too, from oranges to pineapples. Absolutely, yeah. In the Joseph Clark part of the exhibit, there is this, it looks like a old newspaper called Eatonville Speaker. Can you tell me a little bit about it? This is perhaps one of our most precious artifacts. Right now, this is the only known copy of the Eatonville Speaker that exists. This was Eatonville's newspaper, and it was produced by Joseph Clark. But this first article, I'll kind of point out attention to here, Colored People of the United States solved the great race problem by securing a home in Eatonville, Florida. And in this this particular article, he talks about why he founded the town, that he wanted the black population to have a town where they could be safe, where they could self-govern. And then he talks about how people could purchase a home there and join the community. So in this next section, this is our turn of the century exhibition, the progressive era where the United States started adopting more progressive ideas about the environment, about welfare, about human rights. And Joseph Clark shows up again in this section. This has to do with the founding of the Robert Hungerford Industrial School. This was a school based upon the Tuskegee Institute in Alabama, which was founded by Booker T. Washington. Well, Joseph Clark reached out to Booker T. Washington in the hopes of establishing a similar school in Eatonville. So Booker T. Washington, he sent Russell Calhoun and his wife, Mary Calhoun, down to serve as the school's first president. Russell Calhoun was an Eatonville native, so he was returning home. And they began teaching out of their barn. Um, And it was when the parents of Robert Hungerford donated a substantial amount of land in his honor that they were able to build the school. And we know that as of right now, there's been some controversy over that land and how it's going to be allocated. Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely, um, this is a wonderful time to connect with the Preserve Eatonville community, go to their website, find out what they're doing, because there's incredible work being done right now to return that land back to Eatonville. Mm-hmm. We also talk about if we move into the new era, so this is the growth of Maitland and the surrounding area with the advent of the automobile and road culture. Jules Andre Smith, who was an artist and architect, the founder of the research studio, he began traveling to Maitland. He settled here. He built uh, the artist compound today known as the Maitland Art Center. One of his dear friends was Zora Neale Hurston, who also at that same time had returned home to her hometown of Eatonville. And the two had a wonderful friendship. She was one of the few people who would be invited to his studio to have tea with him. We don't have many remnants left of their friendship. We don't have letters or anything like that, just oral histories. But we do have a drawing that you can see up here, a sketch for Folklore Village. 
We don't know where the original is. Um, Andre Smith's family had provided us a copy of the image, but this is a drawing that they told us he made for Zora Neale Hurston, which would have been uh, a village to collect African-American folklore and to be built in Eatonville, Florida. You come in through the front door and it's almost like a walk through time in Maitland, you know, starting off with a Joseph Clark and then going to the Hungerford School and then coming here to Zora Neale Hurston. Yeah, absolutely. And and part of the reason why we called this Maitland's Attic, it's kind of an affectionate nod to how a lot of the community has viewed us. You know, we'll often have um, boxes of phones left on our doorstep, which isn't the way to donate to a museum <laughs> if you are interested. Um, but we really wanted people to understand that these items that you grow up with, your grandmother's items, uh, they're, they're memories, they're, um, they're pieces that have time and place and story attached to them. And we wanted people to have a sense of of that story when they come in here. I know you said that, you know, for example, the sketch was donated or was given to you by the family. So for all these pieces that are in here, you know, how was it curated? The, the curation process for this uh, particular exhibition was a little more complicated. We have an immense amount of artifacts like most history museums do that we just don't have the space to display. So for us, the, the process for this was really pulling everything we had out, um, kind of sorting it by time period, and then really thinking, what is the story behind these pieces? What is the thread? And, and what are the items that people will really most connect to and, and see themselves in that story? When you walk through this space, what is your favorite part? What is your favorite story when you're looking at Maitland's history? My favorite story is actually Joseph Clark. It, it 100% is because he was such an incredibly smart man. He was born into slavery. He was a businessman. You know, he built this incredible life. He was one of Eatonville's mayors. He ran the town store. He ran the post office. I mean, he was really just a brilliant person. And he was an incredibly important figure in central Florida history, not just Maitland history, not just Eatonville history, but he's someone that should be spoken about. When you're talking about Orange County, you should be talking about Joseph Clark. If people want to come visit the museum and, you know, learn more about this history, what should they know? Where should they come? Absolutely. So we are located in Maitland, Florida. The Maitland History Museum is a part of the Art and History Museums of Maitland. We have a gallery. We also have a telephone museum, which is a lot of fun. And then the entire site is a National Historic Landmark. We have over 2,500 hand-carved sculptural pieces on the site. So the entire grounds are an outdoor sculptural gallery. Danielle, thank you so much for, you know, walking me through uh, this exhibit. It's been so enlightening to learn about Maitland's history. Yeah, thank you so much. That was the Art and History Museums of Maitland Executive Director Danielle Thomas. Spotlight is a production of 90.7 WMFE News. Editorial guidance this week from LaToya Dennis. Support for Spotlight comes from our listeners. I'm Talia Blake, in for Nicole Darden-Creston. Thanks for listening.